This is Hockey Central 960 with Haley Salvian on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, welcome to another week of Hockey Central 960 here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Haley Salvian here with you for the next hour. Uh, you had a hybrid version of some flames talk with pat breaking down the news of the day and then a little bit of sports net today with logan gordon there uh but yeah it's a big day craig conroy has officially been named general manager of the calgary flames the team announced that today in an introductory press conference dave Nonis was also introduced as senior vice president of hockey operations and assistant general manager he will report directly to Craig Conroy. So we're going to continue to break that down on the show today. Peter Klein from the Daily Hive Calgary is going to join us on the program shortly. Uh, and then later on in the show, Eric DeHatchik. He is a senior national writer at The Athletic. He spent a long time covering the Flames based in Calgary. He's going to join us after that. He had an interesting story looking at what Craig Conroy is going to bring to the mix as the new Flames general manager. And he got a lot of insight um, from people who know Craig best, who've been around at different points of his career, um, particularly Al McInnes. Uh, that story dropped on The Athletic just before the Flames press conference. So Eric is going to join us, and we're going to dive into a little bit of that later on in the show. So it, it sounded like things were trending in this direction over the weekend with reports that it would be Craig Conroy getting this job. We also talked to Pat Steinberg on the program last week on Friday, and it sounded like we were probably going to get some information on this in the coming days. Uh, he was right. We heard a bit about the process today from Don Maloney as well during the press conference. He said that they started with 35 candidates. It was an extensive process looking for the new general manager that would replace Brad Tree Living. They talked to assistant general managers looking to take the next step. Uh, they talked to experienced general managers. They talked to agents, media people. They cast a wide net here. And then they whittled that down to eight. And then they had four finalists and one Craig Conroy that they decided was the best man for the job. Um, I think it's great news. I've had many good conversations with Craig Conroy over the last several years since uh, once I got to Calgary and covering the team on a daily basis. Um, you know, some of those conversations were in stories that I wrote, whether it was Q&As or uh, I remember having a really lengthy conversation, like over an hour uh, sit down with Craig Conroy. That The genesis of it was just talking about Elias Lindholm for a feature I wrote last year. We ended up just talking about Lindholm and, you know, just random things for over an hour. He's a really kind person, charismatic, easy to talk to. And I do see it, you know, I've noticed in the text line, I've seen it on social media, and I think sometimes people see um, and hear the good guy Craig Conroy stories and maybe take that, well, just because he's nice, why is he, what does that mean he's going to be a good general manager? And I would say don't take the nice guy reputations and, and the stories about how great he is as a sign of someone who would get walked over or a sign of somebody who's not ready for this position. I mean, for one, you don't play over a 1,000 games in the NHL after getting drafted in the sixth round if you don't have a competitive side or a particular fire 
passion and experience and, I mean, wealth of knowledge in the game, especially on the ice when we're talking about his playing career. Um, and his resume in the front office, he's been building that for over a decade now. Um, retired in 2011, immediately joined the Flames front office as special assistant to then-GM Jay Feaster. Moved to AGM in 2014, has been working in the front office ever since. 12 years in the Flames front office, nine years as AGM. He spent, you know, almost two decades as part of the organization, if we include his playing career. And I mean, he's touched so many different areas of the operation, whether it's amateur scouting, pro scouting, uh, college free agents, draft picks, contract negotiations. He's got an eye for talent has good relationships with players, and that's where the don't knock the the nice charismatic guy part of things here. I don't think that is part. I don't think we can overlook that coming out of a season with so much reported turmoil between the coach and the players. Repairs need to be made. Work needs to be done. And at the very least, we know now that it's going to be Craig Conroy taking the lead on things. And I also think it's nice to see, you know, this is somebody who wants to win here, and I think that's something that will matter to fans, people who work in the organization, uh, and also players who, who are committed to that organization. For a long time, there's me a lot for Craig Conroy to get working on, a lot more to dive into, so let's do that with our first guest of the day. Uh, we have Peter Klein joining us now on the Atlas Pizza Guest Hotline. He's uh, from Daily Hive, Calgary. Sorry to keep you waiting there, Peter. I was going on my soliloquy about Craig Conroy. How are we doing? What's going on? I'm good. Yeah. And I, I agree with the, the points that you were making in that, like the, I, I do sometimes, especially in this job, I get a little worried about like when people are nice to me and then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh yeah, that guy's going to be great. Cause sometimes <laughs> you, you do fall for that. But at the same time, like we, we just not to, you know, throw shade or anything like that, but we just kind of dealt with the guy who was a jerk for a while as a, a guy in charge of the team as a head coach, and that didn't go super well. So I, I think having someone who's right. actually nice um, might, might actually help things out here uh, a little bit. So, no, it's, it's an exciting day for the, the organization, I think, and it's, it's an exciting day for Flames fans. I mean, what did you think of the press conference? Like, are, are you happy with the choice? I, I know you just mentioned a little bit there and you heard me chatting, but are there things that you like about Craig Conroy being the guy? Well, he, he certainly, he, he checked all of my boxes that I was looking for. Um, so that means it must be good. But uh, I, I like the, the thought of younger players getting an opportunity and not necessarily just getting handed an opportunity, but having the, the chance to prove that they deserve a spot on the main roster. And obviously the biggest thing is going to be hiring a head coach. And if he can find someone mm -hmm. who he has that symmetry with right away, then we're talking about what could be a, a really successful era with the Calgary Flames. But no, like he, he answered every question the way that I would have wanted him to. There's an excitement around this team that has been, I think, desperately lacking for a long time. And, and as you were saying before, it's not because this guy just happened to be one of the, the most likable players of his generation of Calgary Flames hockey, there is not like one part of the organization that he's not familiar with. And, and I remember when I was starting out over there and we would have him come in for different interview opportunities and things like that. And in the beginning, he's traveling to places you've never heard of. that don't have vowels in their names to go watch players that might be a seventh round pick someday um, to, to go from like that work ethic to 
understanding the, the players in the system to then getting ready for drafts and then eventually into free agency and whatever his uh, role was leading up to today. Um, he, he's someone who has brought that work ethic that you were talking about, going from being um, someone who th- there wa- wasn't a whole lot of high hopes of him being a, a quality National Hockey League player, proving those people wrong, and he's now taken that work ethic into being a, a quality member of the front office and now kind of the head honcho. So uh, I think, uh, like I said, he, he said all of the right things. He has checked every box that I was looking for, and I, I'm, I'm quite excited to see what he can do as, uh, as Flames general manager. Yeah, I, I like that this is not just the organization hiring. Like, you know, I think it's interesting because hiring Craig Conroy invokes a bit of the nostalgia factor, right? He was part of the club's, you know, greatest memory of all time. I mean, before actually went, I would say modern, not of all time. They won a Stanley Cup before Craig Conroy was around. Um, but with the 2004 run, right? Like, he is a iconic figure in that sense um he is a nice guy but he also puts in that work you know and i don't think he felt like he was just handed this position so we just had somebody in the text line saying earn not given haley i would i would probably say that he earned the opportunity for this position so we got a bit of the mix we got the blend of yeah he's a nice guy he has been around for a long time he's one of the franchise icon so to speak uh and he's also worked at this and earned the opportunity what were some of your biggest takeaways from the availability peter i think some of the smaller quotes that i would have highlighted in particular were things like we can't go into the season with seven unrestricted free agents (laughs) yeah yeah i I think think the entire I think the entire city of Calgary hit cap friendly at the exact same time when he said that, because that, that, that's what I did. I was like, okay, I know who a few of them are. Let's see. Um, it, it, it is, I think it highlights kind of the bigger thing that, that is going on. And yeah, that, that, it was that and the, the young players one for me that jumped off the page as like the, ooh, okay, this is, this is someone who is coming in here with a plan. And I think when you see how the last couple of years, I guess specifically the last off season went down where, it wasn't the best seeing like two guys who the flames drafted and developed and got them to being um, top line players in the national hockey league um, to, to see them then be like, yeah, I don't want to be here anymore and, and walk out the door. That's incredibly hard to take. And so I think from an organizational standpoint, when you're trying to kind of rebuild that culture, which I think took a big hit this last year, well, when you're trying to rebuild that the first part of the foundation is, guys who actually want to be here and when you have this unrestricted free agent situation with all of those guys and a lot of them are prominent pieces um it certainly does it does tend to give some people some flashbacks and so i i i do think that that is um or should be a main priority for him and that exactly like you that was something that kind of jumped off like an oh okay and we'll see because now i think he's in a situation that's really interesting because i think A lot of Flames fans, after the way last season went, you see like that this is kind of an older team that also didn't make the playoffs. That's not a great combination. Let's just tear this thing down and rebuild it again. But now when you look at the roster and you see the talent is there, you can make a very compelling argument that it was kind of just a a lack of chemistry, we'll politely say, with the, the players and the coach. And you could say like this was probably worst case scenario this year. 
and maybe give it another opportunity to run it back. And so it does kind of feel like, even though this is a team that has a lot of money dedicated to next year, it oddly feels like a bit of a, a blank slate where they could go either way. They could just try to tear this thing down, rebuild it back up in Craig Conroy's image and go from there. Or you have some very talented hockey players who just happen to all have a bad year at the same time. Maybe you can try to build off of that. And so I, I think the unrestricted free agent thing really does kind of play into that where is this an organization that's going to really like push for the playoffs next season, or are they going to look to try to take one step back to maybe take two steps forward? So I'm interested to see what the next few months have in store for Conroy. And those quotes certainly didn't, um, I guess, slow down any anticipation I had. Well, I think we can at the very least say that I don't think anyone's going to expect this team to go into a rebuild or take a, a major step back. We know we heard from John Bean. That is not something that the, he's not allowed to say the word rebuild, right? As much as some fans would like to see the team strip it down and start over. I, I mean, I think the opportunity for them to do that was after Johnny Gaudreau left and then they were forced into trading Matthew Kachuk. You almost missed the window for the... <laughs> best time to actually do that kind of rebuild you're kind of locked into a lot of pieces that's going to make that really difficult to do at this time but you're right I think they went into the season banking on a lot of things going right banking on Uyghur and Huberto adjusting very quickly and very well and we minimize the damage and everything's going to be fine after such a big shakeup. a lot of things went wrong last season I think it would be I don't know if every I don't know if everyone's going to have career years next year but I don't think everybody is going to have another I don't think Huberto's going to score 30 points next season let's just say I don't think a bunch of people are going to take wild steps back so We'll see how things go. But in terms of the seven unrestricted free agents, I want to dive into that a little bit more because it's curious, like when we're looking at the guys who are going to be those UFAs, so we're talking about who have one year left on their contracts, they'll be unrestricted free agents in the summer of 2024. That's Michael Backlund, Elias Lindholm, Tyler Toffoli, Noah Hannafin, Chris Tanev, Nikita Zadorov. And, oh, Dennis Gilbert is also an unrestricted free agent that year. We'll throw him in there. <laughs> um, I was just reading off Cat Friendly. Is there a guy in there that, let's say they're in meetings and it's like, you know, you hear from all of them that they all want to stay. Fine. Is there someone that you would trade regardless of that because of their age or because of how high their value is? Because the Flames aren't exactly flushed for cap space. So looking at this blueprint of how the offseason is going to go. Are there a couple of those guys that you think the Flames should flip this summer and, and try to add in some youth, open up some cap space, maybe get a maybe get a pick while a guy is has high value? Well, with, with all due respect to what I'm sure would be a wild bidding war for Dennis Gilbert, um, I, I do think there may be a couple <laughs> other <laughs> options. Um, I, the, the one that kind of jumps out is respectfully. It, yes, yeah, respectfully, yeah, because I mean that one just goes without saying, like. Um, I, like, did the Blackhawks hang up the phone for the first overall pick? I don't know. But uh, for, for, um, for, for these guys, like, I, I think Elias Lindholm does so many things that affects winning, but it, it has been a bit of a rocky road for him at, at certain points, and I think he would be the one who would be able to get you the most value back, I think. Um, but he is one, like, he and Backlund, I just feel like are, are – players that you bring in to help kind of solidify winning cultures. And quite frankly, I would re-sign Backlund and put the captaincy on him. Um, and so just kind of process of elimination. I, I love the dude, the, the whole like family story and all of that. But I, I, I do think we've maybe seen Tyler Toffoli's last best season. And if you can 
get the value off of what he did last year. And like you said, maybe free up a bit of cap space, um, free up a, another spot for a, a Connor Zari or a, a real chance for a Jacob Peltier to come in and maybe make an impact. I, I think Toffoli would probably be the one that I would go with. I, I just feel like Lindholm and Backlund, and not that Toffoli is a losing player or anything like that, but just sure. everything that Lindholm and Backlund bring to the table, I feel like they're going to continue for the next couple of years. Like anyone who was with Backlund last year had their best run of the season when they were with him. I can't get rid of that guy when I'm, I'm trying to, to get back to where we think this organization to get to. And so you go down the list and it's just to fully makes the one it is the one that makes the most sense based off of, I feel like we have now seen that apex and maybe you can kind of sell high based off of what was an incredible year a season ago. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he had a career-high 73 points, career-high 34 goals. Is he going to replicate that? It's not It's not likely. I think the problem with trading Tyler Toffoli is who's going to score 30 goals next season for the Flames. That Are we then banking that Huberto is going to have a big comeback and whoever plays on his line is going to rack up the goals because he's playing well again. I mean, is it going to be Matt Coronado? He's got a good shot. Is he going to be ready for the NHL? I'm with you. I can get behind the Toffoli part, but he was uh, one of the most consistent goal scorers for the team last season. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was. <laughs> he was kind of one of the only goal scorers for the team yeah, last season. Yeah, one could and, say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And like, like when, when you look at the, the whole team, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, all of you, how could you have possibly played that poorly this season? Except for you, Tyler, you're good. But the rest yeah. of you, um, and I get put back one in there too, but I, I just sure. to, to counter that, and it is, like, it's a great point. Like, this team for forever has kind of lacked that, that goal scoring aside from Goudreau and Kachuk and the occasional Monaghan. Um, I, I just feel like to, to, you, you could do the same thing with Lindholm. Like, who is going to, to take on all of those responsibilities as a, a 200-foot center and mm-hmm. someone who, um, again, like, I think he has a shot that he should – I still look at his hockey DB page in wonderment that he hasn't scored more goals because he has a phenomenal shot. And I think he thinks the game very, very well. He just gets brutal matchups on a night in night out basis. And so when you are thinking about putting someone um, into that spot, I agree with you. Like that there isn't a natural Tyler to fully fit. I don't know if there's a natural Elias Lindholm fit either. I think at this point, having Michael Backlund as kind of a really, really, really good third-line center makes this team kind of, to, to steal a Peter Labardius phrase, makes this team kind of slot quite well. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I think it would be difficult to fill all the other responsibilities that Lindholm does well, maybe a little bit more than, than, than a Tyler Toffoli. And again, I, I have to keep coming back to Tyler Toffoli was really freaking good last season and yeah. loved everything that he did. But I, I do feel like when you are looking at how – badly almost everyone on this team played maybe you aren't going to get a 30 goal scorer but you're going to get seven extra goals from Nazem Kadri and eight extra goals from Manjapani and then an extra few from Jacob Pelche because he's not going to sit for three weeks inexplicably like you'll, you'll be able to kind of spread that wealth out a little bit more I think and we do know, and I, you mentioned this, but one of the other big takeaways from the Conroy press conference was him saying, we're going to add some youth to the lineup. They've got to get younger. They've got to look a little bit different next year in the way that they're going to do that because cap space is so tight. I mean, unless they're going to open up some cap space with one of these trades, bring in somebody different. Um, I think one of the easiest ways that the Flames are going to look different next year is by injecting that youth into the lineup. And I think, you know, obviously they've got to get the the right coach 
in place who is going to do that. Um, so everyone's got to be on the same page in that sense, but it does look like that's going to be a commitment. And whether that is a, whether that's just Peltier, I mean, Peltier, Walker Dewar, is Matt Coronado going to take that step? Might need some time in the American Hockey League. Don't want to rush a guy, but give him a chance to at least show you that he could be ready in training camp. Uh, Connor Zari, uh, are you, is that one of the things that you're most optimistic about from that press conference is the fact that the GM is, is putting a stamp on it. Like we are going to have some of these young faces, like they are going to have a spot to try to win in training camp. Yes. Yeah. I, I scared my cats yelling. Thank you. When he talked about bringing young players <laughs> into the lineup. So, cause you just, you think about last season and again, how just utterly unfun all of last season was the only time there was really excitement brought into things or energy brought into a downtrodden team. It's when Walker Dewar went in there and started crashing into things. It was Ruzicka at the beginning of the year, helping out the, the fourth line. It was Jacob Pelche laughing it up with Jonathan Huberto and having some of the, the most epic celebrations that you've seen um, all season long. It was those young players coming in and providing a bit of a spark to what was an basically lifeless team aside from that. And then you just had a coach who was willingly ignoring that and whistling all the way past the graveyard. So I feel like for, for the Flames next year, if you are going to get improvement out of this, if you aren't going to tear it down, and I, I agree with you, it would be difficult to do that. Um, if you're going to roll it back with this team and hope for different results, I think you have to have that infusion of youth that is going to, to help provide maybe a bit more pace for this team and add a bit more of a spark on those nights in January where you're on the road in Minnesota Uh, or you're playing in Arizona in front of 1,500 people, and you just need a bit of a spark, it'd be great to have a Jacob Pelche scoring and celebrating like it's a video game or or something along those lines. I think that is how you you kind of keep this thing going. And as you mentioned, in a salary cap era, you need some of those guys making around a million dollars a year to to really kind of help step up and and kind of carry your team forward. And like we've seen forever, that is – that is how you are successful with this, uh, this sort of a thing. And then that's how you start to get more young players a little bit more interested in what you're doing and try to make this a spot where, yeah, if you're young, you're going to get a chance to play. And it, maybe, it starts to become a bit more of a, a desirable place for some young players to come play. Young players keep things fresh and they bring a different kind of energy into the locker room. And I think that... Conroy going out and saying that and then whoever the coach is along with you know the front office actually implementing that next season that should go over well I mean I had heard that players did not take well to the Peltier what number is he moment uh did not go over well with guys and I think we have seen uh, there was some an interview in Montreal in French from Jonathan Huberto where he specifically spoke about how that didn't that rubbed them the wrong way they didn't like it those guys liked Pelletier they liked his energy he's a good kid and I think that kind of goes back to the hey you know Craig Conroy being nice is a good thing (laughs) because bringing this energy and that's going to be good it's the same thing uh it it speaks well to it's completely different because it's women's hockey but uh Team USA won the the gold medal I women's world championships and all the veteran players spoke so highly. They were so many young players on that roster and everyone looked at team USA and thought, how is this going to work? You're basically rebuilding. None of these players have ever been here before. How is this going to work? And what they did was uh, they went out and won a gold medal and beat Canada who had a bunch of veterans on their team. And the veterans all talked about how the young players just brought this like different 
different energy. The veterans were able to kind of stabilize in the big moments, uh, but the young players are skilled and they're fun and they keep things fresh and light. And I think going back to the Flames, that <laughs> cannot be a bad thing coming out of the season that they had this year where a lot of stuff went wrong. There was a lot of turmoil. Um, so keeping things light and fresh and fun next season is not going to be a bad thing in Calgary. Um, obviously, a lot of that is going to come down to who the coach of the team is. Is there a checklist that you have, Peter, as you're thinking about who should take the reins behind the bench for Calgary? Yeah, and it's one person, and it's Mitch Love. Um, I, I don't know if that's a checklist or just a, a sticky note. Um, but, we, we, like, it just it, it hits all of the things we're talking about here. And I understand having a rookie GM and a rookie head coach at the same time just kind of screams catastrophe. But, A, as we've discussed before, Craig Conroy is not your regular rookie GM. He, he's not going in there. He's like, okay, so what's the salary cap? What do we do? waivers what are waivers like he he knows what's going on um and when you're looking at how like what we're talking about here bringing those young players in and an openness to having success with those young players and a knowledge of what those guys do well i think having the guy who just took them you know, on a, a pretty good run in the postseason is probably the way to go and i just I think back, again, not that these are of the same caliber in any way, but you look at when Tampa Bay kind of started their run where they had all the kids from the American Hockey League, they brought in the dude who coached them in John Cooper, and all of a sudden, look at that, this team is having a, a, a dynastic type of a run, or at least the start of one anyway, in Tampa Bay. Not saying that's going to happen here, not saying that Coach Love is going to be uh, John Cooper, or that all of a sudden Connor Zary is going to turn it into Brayton Point or whatever. But I'm just saying that familiarity with those young players would, A, give them a comfort level from day one in, okay, we know this guy, he knows us, but let's just kind of work our way into this organization, um, a willingness to play the young players, and just having, again, that symmetry that I do think was missing last year. Like, it just felt like everything that happened and the way that the team started to play and the way that the team was starting to be utilized kind of went against what we thought Brad for Living was looking for from a, a hockey team. And so I think now having a unified message from the top on down is going to be really, really, really important. And so uh, unless there's something I am missing, I think love is the, the one to, to come in and be that guy to guide these kids and give them the actual opportunity that they deserve while also kind of keeping the, the veterans on board as well. For sure. Uh, well, thank you so much for doing this. Peter, uh, we'll have to do this again. I think it's going to be a, it's going to continue to be a busy and interesting summer in Calgary. Yeah, so we'll have to do this again. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's it's never boring around these parts. That's for sure. <laughs> Always something to talk about. Keeps the job, keeps the job easy on days yeah, like exactly. this. All right. <laughs> thanks a lot. All right. Thank you. There goes Peter Klein from Daily Hive at Calgary. He joined us there on the Atlas Pizza guest hotline. And that conversation is brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar using the same Seeker recipe since 1975. You can dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403-248-3344. Um, looks like a lot of people on the text line, are they like the Conroy hiring. I think there's maybe a few people who think that he would, was just given the opportunity. Um, he did say that that is not the case. It also looks like there were 35 names that they interviewed. So if we believe Don Maloney talking about the process, they didn't just decide on Craig Conroy. And there was also Elliot Friedman was talking about this, uh, about the process 
to landing on Craig Conroy. Craig Conroy is going to be the GM. I don't think that was the case necessarily when this whole process started. But then I think as it went through, he gained momentum. And I think the other thing that happened here was that if I think Craig Conroy made it very clear that if he didn't get it, it was time for him in Calgary. It was time to go somewhere else. Right. And he's a longtime flame. He is given a lot to the organization. And I think the organization felt that if a first-time GM was going to beat out Craig Conroy, it really had to be an incredible candidate. And I just don't think they got to anywhere else where they said, yes, we absolutely have to have this person. I had a conversation with someone on Sunday, and he reminded me that when Craig Conroy was traded to Calgary, he didn't want to go. True. And not only did he go, but he became like a beloved flame. He left, signed with L.A., and he got traded back because he realized, and the Kings had realized, you know, Calgary was what was best for him. And I just think that they've thought about this guy who they've invested so much in. We've really got to get knocked off our feet to pick someone else. All right. So there's a little bit of insight into the process, a little bit more, because we did hear from Don Maloney today about 35 names to eight to four to Craig Conroy. Um, looks like he, as Elliot said, kind of won them over as the process went along. Um, I know there are some fans who would have wanted somebody with more experience as an NHL general manager. There's some fans who would have wanted a completely different direction. Don't hire internal Let's let's take a left turn, take a hard right. Let's let's make some change here. Get somebody with fresh eyes, a fresh perspective. And I understand that. Um, probably also easier said than done. I, you know, you're not just gonna you're gonna go for a full court press on Eric Tolsky. Maybe uh, looks like he was going pretty deep into the process with the Pittsburgh Penguins general manager position. Uh, I mean, even just looking at some of the guys with more experience. Um, Mark Bergevin, Peter Shrelly, Chuck Fletcher. Like, uh, I'm sorry, but I'm not. I'm not going with one of those guys over, over Craig Conroy, who's been in the organization. He's been in the city for a long time. He wants to win here. Um, you know, I, I, I would opt for that. I have no problem with the, what the Flames did today. Obviously, we're not going to know how this is going to turn out for another what five, six years until we see the way that the team trends, the body of work that he does in this role. Um, I think Dave Nonis will play a role as well. It's, you know, you've got a little bit of experience baked in there as well. And the other news the day, of course, uh, that I haven't mentioned yet, uh, more good news, Brad Pascal and Chris Snow were given extensions and new appointments. Uh, so Brad Pascal is going to be the vice president of hockey operations and assistant GM. And Chris Snow is going to be the vice president of data analytics and assistant general manager. That's specifically with Chris Snow is great news. Um, you know, he continues to be an inspiration and continues to, you know, not just be an inspiration, but work in the Flames organization and make a difference in the community and in that front office. Um, so that's a bunch of the news of the day. We're going to head to a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Eric Dehatchik. We're going to continue to dive into the news of the day with Craig Conroy, Brad Pascal, and Chris Snow all getting their new appointments and Dave Nonis today as well. That's coming up next on Hockey Central on Sports at 960 The Fan. 
You're listening to Hockey Central 960 with Haley Salvian on your home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, welcome back to the show. News of the day, Craig Conroy, officially named general manager of the Calgary Flames. Dave Nonis was also introduced as senior vice president of hockey operations and assistant general manager. He'll report to Conroy. Brad Pascal and Chris Snow were also given extensions and new appointments today as well. To continue to break down the news, we're going to head back to the Atlas Pizza Guest Hotline. We're joined now by Eric Dehatchik. He is a senior national writer at The Athletic. He joins us now. Eric, how are we doing today? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. I, I, wasn't, I haven't been at the festival day. much lately, but I was there today uh, for Craig. And, and that was, uh, that was, uh, it was good to see uh, our colleague Julian McKenzie and a packed house of people yeah. listening to Craig, Don, and, uh, and Dave. Well, it's it's been a big day. We've been talking about it on the station for for hours now. It it seems um, we had Pat's show, we had Logan's show. Mine. It'll continue on throughout the afternoon. Uh, but I wanted to get your take on things. Obviously, Eric. I mean, you're in Calgary. You spent a long time covering the team before shifting to a more national focus. Um, but still, have always kept an eye and had you know always lent your voice to things in that market. You had a story today as well. So I'm just curious what, uh, in your opinion, makes Craig Conroy the right fit as general manager of the Calgary Flames? Well, I think, you know, I was saying that to, to our colleague Julian that um, the, the, there has been a cloud hanging over the organization for not just a month, but really for, for almost a full year. And uh, whenever I had any kind of interaction with staff, players, Everybody, you know, everyone seemed to have like a hangdog expression. There was a, there was a lack of energy. There was, a, I mean, there was a level of professionalism that that I saw through the players and 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 through the staff. But, but to to succeed in professional sport, there has to be some joy and there has to be some passion. There has to be some enthusiasm and there has to be some fun. And it felt to me at the press conference today like the cloud finally lifted. I think that has, has as much to do with Craig Conroy's personality as the fact that I think he's extremely qualified for the job. I mean, you've talked to him. Uh, I've been around him since the day that he arrived at, from St. Louis in the first time. And, and I remember several people, including Al McKinnis. I called out. So call him I wrote today for the Athletics. On the day that Conroy got traded to Calgary, I didn't know anything about it. I probably never thought about Craig Conroy a single minute of my life. But I knew that Al McKinnis was on the team. And so I called him. And uh, he had just been with a, a group of, of St. Louis Blues players, and they were all saying goodbye and commiserating with, with Craig going out the door. And before we could even get to the conversation about what he might bring to the hockey team, his first words were, you're going to love this guy. <laughs> and, and it was like, okay, well, that's an interesting beginning because usually we're talking about, you know, what can you do on the ice? And, so, and, that was, and, and so the first time I met him, that was in the back of my mind. You're going to love this guy. And, and like within five minutes of talking to him for the first time, it's like, okay, I, I get what Al McKinnis is saying here because he's, he's genuine. He's infectious. He's got mm-hmm. energy, a personality. He, you know, like it, he, he's one of those people that you feel like he's never had a bad day in his life. And when he has a bad day, he's able to put those bad days behind him. So, you know, I liken it to, you know, like I've worked for a long time. You've worked for quite a while now, too. We've all had good bosses we've had bad bosses we've had indifferent bosses and and somehow when you're working for a good boss or a great boss 
you know, when you get up in the morning, you're, you're ready to tackle the job because, you know, you're, you're part of a team and you're, you're doing something you love and you just, it doesn't feel like work, right? And, and the opposite is true when, you, when you're working for a bad boss. It's just like, oh, you know, and you drag yourself out there and you do the best you can, but there's a different level of performance if you just have that natural adrenaline that comes from, from a, being in a positive work environment. And I think that that, more than anything else, is what he is going to be able to create. He's going to be able to create a positive work environment. And, and that was an organization that needed that more than anything else. And I think he's got lots of other skills. McKinnis was talking about how the most, the most important thing in being a general manager these days is talent evaluating. And he said, Craig is really good at this. He said he's been, you know, he's been beating the bushes. He's been at junior tournaments and he's been at junior games. He goes to minor league games and college games. I mean, he, he's, he's a guy that has put in the miles and the work. And, and I actually watched a third period of a game with him this year and uh, I was struck by it. I was watching him watching the game, and I was struck by how much he saw and the nuances in the game. Like, he's a smart hockey guy. So I, I know that, that's the part we don't talk about very often. We talk about his welcoming personality and his big smile, and, 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 and those things I think are critical for where this organization is. But once you get beyond that, that now it's a matter of evaluating talent. It's a matter of, of, of having a vision for the organization. And, and, and I think you, you made a a reference to this in your, in your previous conversation with Peter, but I thought the fact that he's, he staked out his own ground today was really important. I mean, he basically flat out said that the, the organization historically has, towards the end of training camp, you know, the players that have fallen through the cracks at free agency who are available for an NHL minimum, minimum salary or, you know, a little bit over the, the NHL minimum, the, the Flames sign them. They sign the Trevor Lewis's and the Kevin Rooney's and, and, and when you sign players like that, the message it sends to your, the young players in your organization is instead of there being two or three or four open spots on the roster, there may be one or there may be none. And, and so like he, he made it absolutely clear that that was not going to happen this year and that there would be, not, no one is going to be handed a job. But when he did the exit interview with the, the Wranglers, which the, the AHL affiliate, who, who had a really good year this year, he told them there will be an opportunity. So come to training camp and be at your best because someone is going to win a job and, and maybe more than one someone. So you be the person that wins it. And I think that, you know, so if you think about the Pelches and the Rizichkas, um, even, you know, Dustin Wolf, the players coming through the system who kind of looked at it as a closed shop for quite a few years now, it's no longer a closed shop. If, if there's opportunity there, not everyone is going to make it. But if you're the best of the young players coming out of camp, there, there's an NHL jersey for you. And so, I, I, I mean, I think that's really important. And, that, and, and, and stating that clearly and, and openly right off the bat, I, I, you know, that just sends them off in a different direction than, than where they've been. I remember the most I'd heard from prospects who came into camp with an opportunity was, You'll, you two will have a chance to fight for the fourth-line center position. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, Trevor Lewis signs. So it's like, okay, well, it's going to be Glenn Godden or Trevor Lewis or Adam Rzichka. And, of course, it's it's Trevor Lewis. So definitely a bit more incentivized. And not that players need that kind of – they don't need incentive to work hard in the summer. I don't want to say that. But I think knowing that there is an opportunity, more of an opportunity than there might have been, is something that can – can definitely help with some of these players. And one of the parts I liked from from your piece, Eric, with Al McInnes was him talking about Conroy's ability to get everybody on the same page and pulling the rope in the same direction. And it seems like 
you know, when you're talking about the work environment and creating a more positive one, I don't think I want to make this correction because I think somebody in the text line wondered about this. I, you're talking about how there was maybe some like tension and turmoil last season. People weren't on the same page, right? This isn't about Bradtree living, fostering a bad work environment. It's just about that. And people weren't on the same page last year. And Craig Conroy is going to get everybody on that same page. And as yeah. Al McKinnis said, pulling the same rope because he did that as a player. And he's going to continue to do that as the new general manager of the Flames. Yeah, sure, exactly. Well, and I think that you know that if if they had made the coaching change that they'd made, and if Bradtree Living was still the general manager, for sure there would be uh, more opportunities for young players too. No, this is not a, a criticism of Bradtree Living. It's it's more the the environment in in the dressing room where the new players, the, the high priced new players, just never found a, a spot. They had a hard time adjusting to the mannerisms of, of Daryl Sutter. Like, you know, there are players, there are Tyler Toffoli, he can play for Daryl Sutter. Trevor Lewis can play for Daryl Sutter. You know, there are there are certain personality types that can play for any coach. And then there are other players that that, that, that have a harder time with that kind of uh, approach that, that Daryl Sutter takes. So, I mean, one of the questions I asked Craig at the, at the press conference today was, you know, I started off by saying, one, do you create to-do lists? And two, if you do, what's at the top of the list? And he mentioned they were involved in three days of amateur scout meetings. So obviously that's at the top of the list. But the next priority was sorting out a coaching staff. And so I think, you know, this, this hire today is the first step. The next also important step is bringing in, in a coach. Um, I do think that, you know, probably the first name on the list is Mitch Love because of the success that he's had at the minor league level. And I think a lot of people who don't know very much about Mitch Love, including me, will look at that resume and think John Cooper, the idea that, uh, you know, like he's, he has created the kind of environment, a winning environment in the minors for two consecutive seasons. And, and so if he can do it at that level, he can certainly translate those skills uh, into the NHL level. I think a lot of people believe that. But the other name that I'm, I'm somewhat interested in is Alex Conge's name because, uh, you know, I remember when Alex played here, he and Jerome were fast friends. And, and Alex is a very skilled player, but who was also a real student of the game. Like, if you wanted to have a discussion about, about hockey, and then this, of course, the pre-analytics era, but, but Alex Conge was a guy that knew what was going on in the league, that, that just had a, a feeling and an understanding for the game, you know, he was a young player in Colorado when they when they won those first Stanley Cups. Had a chance to play with Joe Sackick, and then you know he came over here and had a chance to play with uh, with Aginla. And and to be honest with you, I, I, you know, I'm surprised that he he was willing to you know go down to the minors and learn to coach. This the past two years has been an assistant in in Detroit. I, I think for sure they will interview him. Um, I think because people in the organization also have a relationship with him that they will be listening very, very carefully. And then if you reflect back on, on you know, the answers to the question about what sort of style do they imagine the, the team playing, you know, I, I really like Craig, Craig Conroy's answer there because a lot of us want to say you play you know, one way or, or the other way, but it's just, a, and he said, no, I want structure from the red line back and I want improv and and talent to to allow itself to, to to rise to the surface from the blue line in. And I thought that's great, you know, because structure and the you know one the, the back 100 feet feet of the ice gives you a chance to you know minimize scoring chances and, and turn the play the other way. And then when you get in the offensive zone, you have a chance to to make a play and potentially create a a turnover if if it doesn't go your way and then just you know you know get back hard and 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 break the play up. So I think you're going to see a more entertaining brand of hockey. 
Uh, and, and I think that it's going to loosen the reins on the players a little bit. And I think that that in turn will allow more creativity. So, you know, like I'm, if, if Jonathan Huberto was listening to the press conference and he's distilling all the things that he wants to hear, that would probably be the most important thing to, to him. It's like, you know, just, you know, be creative and, and, and maybe you know, try, you know, take more chances. And, and if, if the cost is, you know, a few more turnovers, we're willing to live with that. So anyone that makes their living, you know, piling up the points and creating offense, that, that's going to be a message that will resonate with them. Um, we're talking to Eric Tehachik, a senior national writer from The Athletic here on the Atlas Pizza Guest Hotline. We have a couple more minutes before uh, we got to get out of here and make room for Pat Steinberg on Flames Talk. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the Dave Nonis um, piece of the the press conference today. He was introduced as the senior vice president of hockey operations and assistant general manager. Um, what do you make of his hiring and, and how much do you think that Conroy will lean on Nonis in, in that position? I think it's important. Uh, you know, I think the one thing it was stressed a couple of times, and I asked actually Dave about this in the press conference, the idea that he has previously been a general manager of a Canadian team. So he does understand that, that it is harder. It is simply harder running a Canadian team than an American team. You know, there's an awful lot of no trade clauses in, in contracts. Players don't want to come to Canada. And when I specifically asked him about that, he said, you know, the, the goal is to make this a destination. Players love winning. That was his, his take. If, and so if you can create a winning environment, you will be able to attract players that you might not have had a chance to, to attract before. So he's got experience. I mean, I mean, I remember when Dave Nonis was working for the league, and then Brian Burke hired him out of the league to be his assistant. And so he became a contract guy in the beginning, and then he became a general manager. So in the same way that Craig Conroy, through you know, sort of a 12-year apprenticeship, touched every rung on the ladder going up. I mean, Dave Donis brings a similar resume, and he has a lot more experience in negotiating contracts than, than Craig does. So, you know, you've got Chris Snow there, you've got Mike Burke there, you've got Don Maloney there, and now you've got Dave Nonis there. So if there's one part of, of Craig's resume that, that hasn't been filled out, it's, it's negotiating contracts. He will have some help there and some experienced help. So I, I think he's an important hire. He's a smart guy. Um, and, uh, and I think he does understand that uh, that there are unique challenges here. And uh, but he also made the point that there are, are great rewards if you can succeed in, in a Canadian city. So I, I think the message didn't speak much, but I think the message came through loud and clear that that he's going to be someone that that will be part of a management team that will that will really you know help turn the page on on you know on at least the you know the last 12 months of Calgary Flames history. Great. Uh, well, great stuff, Eric. Thank you so much for, for hopping on and, and sharing your insight with us. And uh, make sure, everybody, if you want to hear more about what Al McKinnis had to say about Craig Conroy, you can check out Eric's story on The Athletic as well. Thanks for doing this. Okay. Thanks, Hallie. All right. There goes Eric Tehachik from The Athletic. He was at the press conference today. He has covered Craig Conroy since he got to town from St. Louis all those years ago. So great insight from Eric there. Uh, that's all the time we have for today on Hockey Central. It's Craig Conroy, it's Dave Nonis, uh, Brad Pascal, and Chris Snow also getting extensions in the front office. It's one part of the to-do list checked off. A lot more to come this summer for the Calgary Flames. We'll be back tomorrow here on Hockey Central to dive into it all here on Sports at 960 The Fan.